Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just like trying oh. to like, I don't have the ability to like fade things in and out. So what I try and do is like lower the, the music just a little bit. Then I like switch to my um, recording podcast screen and then I'll turn the music off. Because we don't have like that professional tech of just like the button where it fades in professionally. No, we don't have stream decks or any of that business, which, I don't. you know, maybe, maybe we should, but oh well. Nah, man. Professional, professional. I kind of like the gimmick. <laughs> I've kind of committed to that gimmick now, so I kind of have to You have a little it. bit, yeah. I do, yes. But, um, yeah, welcome to episode... 87. Line 87. Yeah. 87, fucking hell. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting like When we get to episode 100, can we just stop? <laughs> can we just, like, stop? Or can we just go, like, episode 100? And then, like, just go back, back all the way back around to 1? I've seen podcasts do that in, in the past because... Obviously, is a like, bit... people see a big number and go like, oh, but I don't want to commit to, like, I'm behind on the narrative. It's like, we're just talking about shit from the week. Yeah. It's like when you see, like, uh, what, a gameplay um, uh, series. It's like, oh, episode 163. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't think I've got the time commitment to commit to 163 episodes. Mm-hmm. So you just, like, you know, you mix it up a little bit. It's like, basically, it's the, um, the online content equivalent of the old joke about Guy calls up a pizza place, going to get a 16-inch um, uh, mega pizza thing on it. And the guy goes, okay, do you want that um, cut into 10 slices or 12? And he goes, oh, go for 10, I can't eat 12. Yeah. It's the same amount of content, but it looks like there's less. So it works out for people a bit better, doesn't it? But It does, Lu- yeah. Lucas, how have you been, Monfrey? Uh, a little bit tired, but other than that, good. I have, like, you can't, it's hard to see that, what it is, but it's an iced coffee. Same here. A nice coffee or an iced an coffee? An iced very coffee. I've just got a nice coffee as well. Iced coffee, yeah. So I'm like I said to Jenna just before we started, um, like we've got a coffee machine and we've got like a, a slush puppy maker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to learn how to make frappuccinos between those two things. I was like, I can make the crushed ice, and I've got the coffee machine. I need to learn how to make frappes. The thing is, all I heard then is that you've got a slush puppy machine, which means we're able to meet up in person and putting a bottle of vodka in that thing. Carl, that's been my summer, man. Oh, well, oh yeah, you can, just like the ice slushies, that's incredible. The Oh, yeah, just like the rum slushies. Like, we even had um, some gin that like Jenna got gifted. Um, we don't really drink gin, but we've just been putting it in slushies because you just taste slush. It's great. It's, it's, the, it's like, uh, there's a friend of mine, he lives near a shop. Mm. Like, I guess as most people's friends live near shops, but he lives yeah, near a shop that has a slush machine. And yeah. what we'll do is... Um, our, just randomly one weekend that like we were there, like last year, yeah, we could mm. able to meet up with people. Actually, no, it was like before that. Like, it would be like two years ago now at this point. But um, yeah, like we go there, we get beer for the night out. And yes. one of our mates has grabbed a slush instead and just poured his beer on top of it. Or his cider or something like that. And we're like, that's incredible. So we get like, <laughs> we all get like two slushes and then we're like, um, just pour beer onto the slushes or like vodka. And it's like, oh, it's the dream. It really is. And I, I, was there like I pulled out the slush puppy machine like maybe a month ago I was like mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad because Jenna got me this for Christmas like a you year and a half ago and I had things. used it but I hadn't used it as much as I thought I'd done and like I, it's just since I pulled it out it's been just a daily slush puppy thing and like I ordered a bunch of different like flavors off um, Amazon and stuff so I've got like kiwi and apple and raspberry yeah. and cola and stuff like that and I'm just like living my absolute slush puppy life car. Yeah, it's like um, the reason for this coffee, I've got one of those like, Nespresso coffee machines, and I didn't think I'd use it that much until 
I, I realised, oh, you can like just order a job lot of the pods on Amazon. You get like a hundred of them for like <laughs> 15 quid. So it's like yeah, 50, yeah. 15p a coffee. And Joe, you always have that thing, don't you? Like, the wait, oh, millennials, save money. Don't spend three quid on a cup of coffee every morning. Like 15p on a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice cup of coffee. And then I've got one of those blenders, those Nutribullets, and I put milk oh, in yeah. there. So I blend the milk to froth it up, and I make myself like just a pseudo um, uh, latte. I like how that's how you make the latte. Yeah. Just blend your milk in the Nutribullet. That's the one, yeah. And then I pour it in the microwave for ten minutes. Not ten minutes, like and, ten seconds. Um, you know, it's one of those things of like we're not sponsored by any of those products, but if yeah, Slush Puppy want to start giving me infinite slushes, I'm not going to argue with them. Yeah, it was like, a big difference. No, it was a difference between um, a sponsorship and an endorsement. And a sponsorship is something that the company pays for. And it, like, it does not suggest or um, uh, indicate any sort of um, like, you know, positive feedback from you. It's like they are paying for you to read out like their ad copy. An endorsement yeah. is you saying that you use the product. Yeah, exactly. And that can be paid for or can it you know, just become naturally as it does. Because I will highly recommend like um, the Nespresso coffee pod machine that I've got. I, I, me and my girlfriend use it every single day. Mm-hmm. Use it every single day, and I'm guessing like you'll like give a hearty endorsement to uh, the slush puppy machine. Yeah, and it's just one of those. It's not um, an actual proper one that you'd find in a shop or anything because they are way yeah. more expensive. It's just one of those that you can go online. And it's like it is a branded one that costs like thirty quid or whatever to just it crushes ice. Yeah, so like my, my Nutribullet, I would like recommend that to anyone wholeheartedly. Oh yeah, those again. things are great. Jenna got given one, and like again, just. We're giving out all these endorsements for free, Carl. What are we doing? <laughs> it's almost like if you make a good product, people will want to just talk about it. And it is it's that like... weird thing, isn't it, though, like of trying to be online and you... I'm like, I recommended a product, but why am I not getting paid to recommend a product now? Because like, sometimes things are just good. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, that really great um, image that floats around online sometimes. It's like you know, when you get an upgrade on Windows 10 or whatever... And they always mm. give you this like the survey that you never answer. You always click off it straight away. But if you look at mm-hmm. some of the questions, it's like, oh, would you like uh, on a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to recommend Windows Ten to a friend? And it's oh, like, yeah. other, and the person just writes at the bottom, nobody talks like this. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> just randomly recommends operating systems to their friend, unless it's a Linux user, Carl. Oh yeah, then they'll do it all. Aren't they? Yeah, but, they'll they'll um, sit there all day and be like, no, but Linux is the best. Use Linux. I know, it's got, it's got oh, the best I logo. It's got the best logo. It's it a penguin does. called Tux. But uh, that's the only thing I know about Linux. But for the people who are filtering in to watch live online, um, uh, as usual, just we record this um, with the cameras on so people can see us. Because that's yes. the thing people wanted to see. Um, we will refer to chat occasionally as and when we feel like it. But yeah, this is not like interact with chat podcast. We actually just recorded our thing doing that, didn't we? The, the Q&A. Yeah, we did. Uh, thank you for reminding me to, to just mention it. Yep. Yeah, we did our like QA episode again. Uh, we're trying to do them on a, about a monthly basis. Nothing strict uh, schedule-wise, mm-hmm. but you can send any burning questions you've got to carlscornerqa at gmail.com. It'll be in the description below for you. Yeah, and one, a couple of questions were really good. Like We had a really long discussion um, about it's like, oh, the, uh, uh, the video games we'd like to make. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. I just like knocked it out of the park with that one. As like you know, just well, like, you just hint. you you gave an answer that made me not answer. It was that good <laughs> because I've been something I've been thinking about for a long last time. I won't get into that because I've already like you know just explained in great detail um, what that is, and it will hopefully encourage some of the people out there listening to go. I wonder what Carl's like you know ideal game would be. Yeah, and I, I think I that will be live. 
Uh, we haven't actually discussed what day it'll go live, but I presume like this weekend on podcast services in between like the, the two episodes or something like that. Yeah, as a way to say, yeah, this is a thing that we do now. And um, yeah, you mentioned just like the heat, the heat's getting to you, Lucas. It is a bit, but as I said, just like the ice drinks are getting me through life. Uh, ice as well. Like, you just look at it and go, I need this. Yeah, so, and I feel like it's bad to complain about a heat in the with UK America. when, like, Canada's 50 degrees in some part at the moment. It's like, yeah, the, the, like people are genuinely in a horrible fucking position. I can't complain about it being 20 degrees and a little bit sweaty. Like, some of the pictures that I've seen of, like, a guy who's just like, yeah, my candle's melted. <laughs> like, candles indoors melted. And then another one I saw is, like, a dude... I think it was, like, no, it was a power company... If you're wondering why your power went out, this is what the cables look like, and the cables are melted. I saw um, a few Bungie developers who make uh, Destiny <laughs> just like, yeah, uh, it turns out I, I can't work today because my laptop just broke and overheated. For one second, I thought you were going to say Bungie Jumpers. Bungie I'm jumpers like, oh, well, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> if you booked a Bungie Jump today, this is why you can't go. It's just a melted rope that would keep you up in the air. We're just like, you look down and it's just that little red spot. Like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the bungee awful. cords have been uh, snapping in half due to the heat. But I've seen, like, yeah, genuinely, um, like, things like roads are splitting in half and shit yeah, like this because melt. the heat is crazy. Like, dogs catch on fire. Birds just, like, fly in circles. Like, penguins are, like, just melting into puddles and stuff like that. So oh, it's, it's not an ideal time for anyone over there. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not on. And... No. My heart goes out to anyone who's dealing with that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I think we mentioned before, like Americans are insufferable when it comes to talking about the heat. Because uh, over in the UK, climate control devices aren't really a, th- a thing. Not a popular thing. They're not um, a widespread thing now. And they're certainly not like a thing that's used in the home all that often. No. So you always get smarmy Americans go, oh, you don't know what real heat is. It's like, but we don't have air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember... Uh, like a weekend, a couple of weekends ago, it was like Father's Day, and uh, mm-hmm. I was mentioning this because, like, a lot of that interaction happens with, like, uh, with, like, you know, talking to Americans and stuff. It's like, yeah, you don't know what heat is. And my dad was just like, yeah, every time I'm in America, it's just dashing from one air conditioning building to the next. It's like, yeah. yep. Like, just try and stay inside as much as possible because, as counterintuitive as that sounds, over there, yeah, you have her kid. Air conditioning for the most part. Whereas over here, you just have to do that. You have to make that choice of, I can sit here and stew, literally stew in my own juices, or open the window and just let the pterodactyls in. (laughs) Just let those giant, raisin-looking motherfucker flies, who only ever seem to just fly directly through... You know, because have you ever seen one of those flies outside? Uh, Not often. That's the thing. You never see giant, big, like, Mm. blue bottles outside just in the the environment but the moment you open a window they come inside where are they coming Mm -hmm. from (laughs) i'm like 180 feet in the air in my flat so like unless there's a dog shit on the balcony below me what the fuck are those flies doing there (laughs) it's like i think even worse though is daddy long legs i I hate those because they're just so late i'm just the amount of time since I've moved, because like we've moved to a house rather than a flat, so uh, obviously like you know we've got a garden and stuff, and there's just insects everywhere. And yeah, 
yeah, the daddy long legs getting in, and then you're just sitting there like playing last night, just Final Fantasy VII remake on my big TV with the lights off, and just getting into it, and then the daddy long legs are like doo, 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 against the screen, like oh, yeah. No. Oh, that's the worst for me. It's like when you sat there, you um, uh, like if you got your laptop or something on, like oh, Daddy Longlegs flies into the screen. Yeah. And I guess for Americans, Daddy Longlegs, that's the name of the spider. It's used interchangeably over here for the spider and the flying insect. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have flying spiders, but they're crane flies, and they look oh, like spiders. What the name is? I think the technical name. Yeah, I think they're known as crane flies, but they're interchangeably like because you have Daddy Longlegs, the spider, and then the flying insect. Right. Yeah. I don't believe um, we get the actual spider over here, do we? Oh, yeah, we do get dead long legs. They're the harvestmans. The long okay, so guys. it's literally just different terms for different yeah. folks, yeah. Like, so my old house used to have harvestmans that lived under the, um, uh, what's it called now? Uh, not the banister. What's the thing outside? Below your window? Your window sill is the outside. Wind, maybe, I guess it's just the windowsill. Like yeah. We used to get them, they used to live under that. So when you'd open the window, they'd crawl up around and they'd all be on the side. It's like, ugh. I am. Um... I walk like we've got like a little awning area just from our back garden, so like from our, our back door to mm-hmm. a little bit of the back garden. So there's just a bit of like a covering basically, um, so you can get out your back door. And the entire doorway, there's just a spider that set up a giant spider's web. I literally walked through it last night, and it like brushed against the top of my head. I was like, what was that? And then I turned around, there was like a couple of bits of my colourful hair just in the spider's web. I'm like, oh no. It's like, Like, he's getting my hair, he's stealing it. That's the one of like, I describe it as a Tekken 10 hit combo when I walk through a spider's web. Mm. I just do like Kazuya's 10 hit combo whenever (laughs) I... Just everywhere, I'm not messing with none of that. God, I hate spiders so much. So it's like, you know, just draw the conversation away from spiders right now because I'm, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy with that <laughs> conversation because I feel like a spider's watching me right now. And I've got white walls, so I see when spiders are in. They're right behind you, Carl. Don't say that. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. It's like, Joe, like, um, I think I think it's an extra fabulous comic, maybe, mm. where it's just, um, uh, it shows you a guy sat on the toilet and there's a spider in the corner of the room. And he looks up and goes, oh, there's a spider on the wall. So I guess I'm just going to stare at that the entire time I take a shit. And he shows him, like, <laughs> looking into the top corner. And while he's doing that, like, 50 spiders crawl into his trousers as he pulls his <laughs> pants up. And he just does the zooming on his face. He's like... Well, but yeah, I, I made a terrible mistake. I remember you made that joke in um, a Fat Fiend video once. As I just, like, photoshop, well, photoshop, uh, just put a picture in of, like, a spider creeping in the corner... And you're just like, oh yeah, there's one right behind you. And then the amount of comments that people are like, why the fuck did you put that in? It's because it happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like the one that I tell is um, the story of my mum told me when she went to work and there was a spider hiding inside the toilet roll tube. And oh, she told me that story and now I check every single time. And well, because I do check every single time, I tell that story as much as I can online, so everyone else does it too. <laughs> if I have to check every time, so do you. The thing is, I'm not too bad with spiders so long as they're not just giant ones. Like, And I mm-hmm. say giant, relatively speaking, we're not Australia or anything, but yeah. you know, the little itty-bitty spiders I'm like, okay with. And I was sitting there the other night editing, and I just looked up, because I thought I saw something in corner of my eye, and I've got like three... Um, frames with like posters in just mm-hmm. you know behind my desk and i saw a spider crawl out of the bottom of one of them 
look around and crawl back up and just li it must live behind one of my photo frames and I'm like oh okay I guess like if you stay there you're not doing me any harm but if you decide to try and take over this place we're gonna have a war yeah it's like but it's we've just got that like... moment where it like disappeared behind the photo frame before I even knew what was going on. I'm like, oh shit! It yeah, we've got there. like house plants, and there's a spider that's taken refuge on one of the house plants. It's fair mm. enough because I don't want fruit flies on it, but it's like you stay on that plant because I know you're there, and I'll not touch the plant. I'll just water it gently from afar. Yeah, and that's the thing. Personally, I would rather have a spider or two in the house than have a bunch of little flies everywhere, but when they start trying to get all cocky and take over the place, that's when I've had enough. It's just when they start to, like, start walking across your carpet. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's when they shit you up. Like, spiders should not be on carpet. Again, it's it's always when you're sitting there and you've turned off all the lights and you're watching the TV in and the dark, see isn't it? Just the, the, <laughs> it's the glint of the Argos advert because it's really bright and white where you can see it and it's gone. Oh, God. Just oh god! Have you ever had a spider get you in the bath? Not in the bath, no. You've not had one in the bath because like, that's probably the most inopportune time I've been attacked. I think I've told the story of when I was in bed and a spider ran across my laptop screen. Oh yeah, yeah. that was bad. And the other time was I was in the bath and we didn't realise because we had all the bubbles and it taken refuge on a sponge <laughs> that was floating. <laughs> And I didn't realise, I think it was when I was like six or seven, so me and my brother would, like, we'd bath together, you know, yeah, save yeah. water. Northern household, you got to save water. And I just remember my brother seeing it and then flipping it towards me because he didn't want it near him. <laughs> and I just stood up in the bath and just water's everywhere. My mum's scared of spiders, so she ran out of the bathroom as well. So it's me and my brother screaming in the bath, splashing all the water out <laughs> to get the spider. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like you're always at your most defenseless when you're just naked and wet, that's like the in the bath, like no. And it's when the spiders know to get you. They do. It's like oh, just oh god, there was three people in that bathroom and it was fucking wrecked for like a week. <laughs> like I said, me and my brother just splashed all the water out of it onto the floor, and my mum mm. won't come in to help us. Oh god, and that's the thing is, um, like back in the day, I had a couple of bad experiences with wasps, and now I'm like really bad with wasps to the point where mm -hmm. I like. I scream and run away, and I feel really bad because, like, there's been a couple of times, and you know, over the past few years, my relationship with Jenna just there's a wasp comes into the room, and I just flee and leave her to it, and I'm, like, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm it, sorry, it, I love you, but like, I'm hiding behind this door because there's a wasp. It's that wasp. Oh, that's the worst one. So, have you ever like managed to like slap a wasp? Uh, I I don't know because just. I just, as I say, I scream and run, Carl. Yeah, so when they come for you, like, you can do the thing, you can backhand it to like, knock it down mm. and leave you alone. And I've done it once. And I was doing it once. I think I had like a hot dog or something at a theme park. And I went, Bam! And I slapped the wasp <laughs> down. And, oh, it left me alone. It's like, yeah, that's right. Protect my hot dog. See, when I was a kid, again, one of the many bad experiences I had was like, I was wafting a wasp away, hit it, and then it got pissed off and stung me. So like, I don't even like to try and get rid of them. I'm just like, oh, God. You almost have to respect a creature that is, what, like 10,000 times smaller than you are, gets hit by the equivalent of us being hit by a garage door moving at 50 miles an hour, <laughs> yeah. and then goes, you know what, fuck you. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the one. I, I kind of respect the balls, but at the same time, fuck wasps. That's the one. The, the fact that they'll, they'll attack you. You're, like, so much larger than they are, and they're like, I can, do, I can do it. I can take him. 
It's like you look at the Statue of Liberty and thinks he's like, I could stab it. <laughs> I could have That's that the one. equivalent. It's like, I could yeah. have it. It's like, no, you can't. And then a wasp sees him and goes, but I can, though. There's always one guy, though, isn't there? He's had a drink. He looks at the Empire State Builder. It's like, I could take that down. I think I say there's always one guy who's had a drink who thinks he can, like, you know, um, get rid of wasps. Like, you know, they always try to do that manly thing of grabbing it in the bare hands. Yeah. And then it stings them and they cry. <laughs> I don't blame them. Speaking of, like, you know, grown men crying, um, the football match happened yesterday. It was oh, England God, yeah. versus Germany, and I didn't realise it was England versus Germany, but I mm. probably would have realised it was, because after England beat Germany, the people in my building, you can just hear people going, England, England, it's like, fucking hell. The um, other people who were clearly drunk at eight o'clock, yeah, and they're, yeah. Treat, and they're treating it like they've won the World Cup because we beat Germany, and it's like, this is really embarrassing. My girlfriend had never experienced this before. She's oh, taught, She's yeah. American, and I, I told her about how um, English people over like 35 to 40 years old think they fought in World War Two, yeah. and when England versus Germany happens like you would never seen like people treat it like they personally stormed the beach of Normandy mm-hmm. and you could just hear people in our building like going ape shit because England beat Germany yeah and I always see it online now like over the past you know what few tournaments because they happen every few years uh, mm. every couple of years like every time that it's england versus germany the germans are all just like you know that we do not care right like we just see england as another club yeah and england as you say england fans seem to be like in the mindset that they're still fighting fucking world war Two. it's like well oh, screw germany they're all rivals it's like what Ger- <laughs> that's the thing what? If, um, people don't know germany um, do have a footballing rival, and it's the Netherlands. Um, mm. Germany largely see the Netherlands as their footballing rival, and that's the match that gets them um, uh, excited. That's where they, they think their rivalry lies. So when they verse England, they don't give a shit. But English people yeah. really, really do. And I think anything sums it up more than just like a series. I think it was an image the BBC put out. Like Joe and like the, the the match is over. Germany like mm. pan across the crowd. You'd get like crowd, like the jubilation and like the commiserations of the people in the audience, and there was like a a brief zoom in on like a little girl oh, with a German flag, and she's crying because her mm-hmm. national team have lost, and the amount of vitriol put towards this little girl, like people online laughing at this presumably about ten year old girl yeah. who's crying because her national team lost, as most fully grown men do when they're like That's you know what when I was the about England team loses. Yeah. And they're I, all like, ha ha, fuck that little girl. She deserves it. It's like, she was just watching a football match. And they're using the most vile, horrific insults towards this like little girl. Yeah, I'm not going to say what they were actually saying. Carl. Yeah, they're like, some of the things they said were awful. But it's really funny because I thought, like, you know, as a um, someone who's like, you know, lived in England and seen football matches, you can probably attest to the fact that grown men will burst into tears when England lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen grown men cry at um, uh, penalty shootouts. Mm hmm. Because and you know, I'm, I'm like a Mr. fan King. of, I'm not a big fan of um, international football as much just because like, I think I was very jaded from a very young age with England and um, could, like, yeah, I do, I do enjoy club football and I'm a Liverpool fan and like, mm. I've been in that situation where, you know, you're watching a final or whatever and it does get quite emotional if you're really into it, but it's just funny that, yeah, there's all these men laughing at like a 10 year old girl crying when they'll go do the exact same thing when England lose. Yeah. And I've seen it. I've seen grown men like throw full pint glasses because England have lost. Like when I used to work in bars, 
And I, I, I've legitimately like, seen people like entire pint glasses thrown at a TV screen because someone misses a penalty kick. Yeah, I saw I saw videos today of like loads of you know England fans getting in fights and stuff outside, like loads of just essentially small riots occurring outside pubs because England won a match, and everyone's just drunk and overhyped and like just. Like, not football fans, but those type of football fans. Like, the football yeah. hooligans are just the worst. Or just the old men who just, they've got nothing else in their lives. And I just thought that was interesting that, like, a little girl having the reaction that a child would have yeah, is being mocked by the same people whose immediate first reaction to their team winning is to start hurling abuse at a child. Yeah. Is that, who's the real immature one here? Is it a 10-year-old crying because, you know, she's just a 10-year-old? Or is it, as you say, yeah, the fucking knobheads? Fully grown men crying. That's something, like, in my house, like, in my, my building, you can hear people, like, starting chants because they won. Yeah, and that'll happen, and, you know... It's it's surreal. It's, it's, it's surreal one of those... Experience. I just... I get it. I get, you know, supporting a team and being part of that camaraderie, but those kind of people take it way too far. That's so they act like they scored the goal. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so amazing. Like, just to witness. It's like, I understand, yeah, um, as I say, like, all that camaraderie and enjoying and um, following a team and supporting a team, but when you take it personally that, like, your football team wins or loses, it's like, you had nothing to do with it. Like, it's not the end all and be all of your life and to some people they, they make it out like it is it is yeah and what's like the most um or the biggest re- overreaction you've seen while watching a football match do you have any like spring to mind because i've been to uh, a couple of like you know parties for like um, euros matches and world cup matches and i like do recall at one of them um like not a friend but like you know, a friend of a friend who was there hmm. like legitimately standing up and leaving the room to go yell in the other room um, during a penalty shootout. Yeah, I um, I haven't had like with international football had that experience, but went to a pub once to watch Liverpool versus Everton, which is like you know the local rivalry, the big derby uh, match, the big derby. Yeah, and um, went to a pub and Liverpool scored a goal about maybe half an hour into the match or whatever, 20, 30 minutes in, and just the entire pub broke out in a fight because it was a mixture of Liverpool and Everton fans and uh, we just had to walk out because the entire the entire pub just turned into a fucking bar brawl and we were like okay let's get out as quickly as we can. So it's always baffled me though about that is that you watch the match and at the end of it they all shake hands mm-hmm. and the people on the pitch always shake hands but then the people at home don't yeah they don't give a crap they're, they're like we all got a paycheck good job guys like let's Trade t-shirts, let's shake hands, and Straight you get the occasional eBay. dickhead footballer that doesn't, but yeah, for the most refu- part. Refuse to shake hands, like, or just like goes and sulks in the um, uh, changing rooms, and generally those same kind of fans will make fun of those players for doing that. <laughs> and that's very weird. But, Lucas, like, is there anything you've done this week or you want to like talk about? Because there is something that I, um, uh, or my attention was drawn towards this morning that I thought could be quite fun to talk about. Okay, well, I've had a pretty uh, pretty normal week so far, so you go ahead. Okay, okay. So, um, uh, to set the scene, uh, this morning, uh, I was just doing my, my exercises in, in, in the other room, um, as mm. I do every other day. Uh, my girlfriend just 
put a head in hands. Like, as she often does when, like, you know, I'm in the room. But for, for this time was different because it wasn't caused by me. And I asked her, what's going on? And she was reading a tweet. And this tweet just had her just like this. She couldn't move. It's like, what's going on? She went, I, I can't. I, I can't believe it. And uh, for the context here, uh, my girlfriend is Asian. So let's okay. just... And what she was to draw my attention to, we had a big old discussion about, and I wanted to talk about today because it's so fucking funny, uh, is a tweet by a lady called Vanessa Chan. And there's a new website uh, that is launching very soon, or is currently launched, or is like in a, like a soft launch where it's live, but there's no content on it yet, called right. Yoke. And Lucas, would you like to hear about Yoke? Um, the way you said that, probably not, but let's go ahead anyway, Carl. Okay, so we have here the Publish With Us section. So this is for Yoke.tv. Yoke is the multimedia magazine for the uninhibited, authentic expression of Asian American identity. It's the end of doing what's expected and a celebration of, and I quote, all the colours in and around yellow. Uh, so no one listening at home can see Luke's face now, but he is giving the biggest of big side eyes. What? We celebrate Asian American Pacific Islanders, creative voices and thought leaders on our platform. We're currently looking for articles, columns, short films, music videos, photos and webcomics. We're especially interested in irreverent analysis of politics, society and pop culture. We appreciate content that explores the tension where two Asian Americas old versus new, intersect, and where Asians, and again I quote, near Asians, coexist. And we're looking for light affair, including humour pieces and stories that surprise and delight. And this is what confused my girlfriend, because what the fuck is a near Asian? Like, do, oh, is that a weeb? I don't understand. Like, I don't get well, it. Lucas, weeb will be less insulting than what a near Asian actually is. So we continue here. We have... Um, just advertise on yoke.tv first. Like, so this is like, um, and I should point out that the only thing currently on the website, with the exception of a brief introduction that doesn't tell you what the website is, that mm. um, blurb I just read out, which has since been edited um, for the, to remove um, one specific word, and there is the advertising section and the uh, meet our writer section. And the advertising section reads as follows. Want to reach an incredible audience that is educated, high income, and actively consumes a higher percentage of income on high value goods. Yoke.tv reaches a coveted audience of Asian Americans who represent the fastest growing segment in North America as well as their colleagues, friends, and non-Asian family. So are they implying that Asian Americans are richer in general? Uh, I believe the socio-economic um, demographics of Asian people, they tend to be higher earners and things like that, but um, we can get into a discussion of like why this is problematic in a moment, but then we have here uh, just the the description of the head writer. And Lucas, I'm going to show you a picture of the head writer right now. And just okay. describe her to the folks at home um, before I read well, her. It, am I right in saying that's a grayscale picture? Yeah, it's a grayscale picture of a white blonde lady. I was going to say, she looks like a white blonde lady. I couldn't be 100% sure because, like, you know, focus on the camera and uh, yeah. it being grayscale. But it looked like a white blonde lady to me. Yeah, and she's the senior editor and head writer for the website, which, remember from the description, Lucas, is supposed to be providing a platform for Asian Americans. 
And her platform is this Heather Lowenthal. Heather Lowenthal is Yoke's senior editor and columnist, writing about the cultural blind spots in her white perception, revealed only after she married her Asian-American husband. So, do they say near Asians? They mean just people like that. Who just... So she's saying that she married an Asian person, so qualifies as basically an Asian person now. No, she qualifies as someone who can speak with authority about the subject and is the head editor and writer for the website. And this is why the thing about my girlfriend mentioned it to me. She went, well, technically, you could go write for these guys. Well, yeah, Carl. Yeah, because you, you basically have the same background as her where you're dating an Asian person. Yep. So you qualify as near Asian, which they've changed on their website to be Asian adjacent because it's fucking awful. Even like Asian adjacent, it like is an accurate term, but I don't think that just because you're in a relationship with an Asian person, you have authority to speak for them. But also as well, they're the senior editor, which means yeah, that on this Asian. website, that's like prided itself as this is a place for Asian American voices. The head editor um, is a white lady. But also, it's worth pointing out that uh, let's just go through just the 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 board of directors here. Lucas. No, no, Carl, so, no. so there's one. Of the, there's one member of the board of directors. Is there any Asian people? That's, That's Bob Thordson. So he's the CTO, uh, the chief officer. Uh, we have Ben Press here. Benjamin Press, uh, who I'd like to point out, um, he's the only Asian on the board, I believe, and he is, um, he has an Asian mother, a Chinese mother, I believe, because my girlfriend looked all this up, she was curious, and okay. he was from the UK. So, one of the, the only Asian person on the board of directors and, like, founders for this website that's about Asian American voices is British Asian. Yeah. Also, um, he's the husband of that lady I just showed you, I think. Oh, oh! Like she's married. She's like the her husband is like one of these people on the board. So if that if that is the case and that's him, neither of them are Asian Americans. Yeah, and then we have this dude. He's the director for all the multimedia. Just and then we have just get Heather Lowenthal again. I and Lucas. Before I get into the details, because there's more stuff that was uncovered by my like, my girlfriend who was just like baffled. Yeah, just thoughts so far. I think it's fair to say that this oh. is why, like, hiring a diverse team actually matters. Because if you maybe, you know, had some actual Asian American voices in your team, they might have told you, like, well, the thing. They do have... is not a good term. Well, that's the thing. They do have, uh, like, a fairly diverse, like, um, pool of writing talent writing for them, but... The problematic thing is that everybody in a position of authority on the website, including the people who fucking founded it and funded it, they're white. With the well, no, one yeah, that, that's what I mean. Is like you shouldn't have a diverse team just on like low level positions. Like a diverse team should be even going all the way up to the top. And like you can't just have a bunch of white people go here's like the vision for our Asian American website. Yeah, and. <sighs> But it gets better, Lucas, because, uh, first of all as well, I should point out that the website is called Yoke. And, Lucas, what's a yoke? It's, you know, the yellow part of an egg, the inside of the egg. The bit that's surrounded by all the white stuff. Yeah. And this is what I said to my girlfriend when she told me the name of the website, and I was like, no. 
they didn't call it yolk, the yellow part of the egg. And I can see that. We had a discussion about it. Where I was like, I can see that working for like a podcast. Like, mm. you know, a, a small indie website or podcast run by a bunch of Asian people. And yep. that could be like, you know, a tongue-in-cheek joke. And then if that got bigger, I can see that becoming like, you know, a, a brand name based on that. But when it is... This a is comp- not it, though. This is not okay. it now. This is this is not the one. No. Because I that knowing nod about that or that self-depreciating aspect of that name comes across as really cynical and yeah. really offensive when you realise that all the people making the decisions were white. Mm-hmm. And not to mention as well, like um, uh, how just blatant and nakedly obvious it is that this is a vehicle to advertise to Asian people. Yeah, yeah. When, like, as I said, the website, um, as it existed this morning, because someone in chat is saying the website no longer exists for them, uh, which I can get oh. into in a moment because there might be a reason for that. Uh, but oh. when me and my girlfriend were looking at the website this morning, um, despite the website soft launching, the only thing you can see besides like that st- mission statement, um, the list of all the people who work for the website, uh, is that advertising spiel, which to me just reads as they just want to sell this to advertisers. And they are, it's like yeah. just a cynical cash grab that's like you know exploiting like you know this gap in the market and this hunger people have for like content produced by asian americans that's what it feels like to me it feels like a bunch of white people sat down and went hey this is a demographic that isn't as heavily advertised to we can do that yeah and it comes from a place it just smacks of absolute insincerity and there is there is zero parts of it that to me come across as authentic no, it really doesn't feel to me like they sat down and went, we really need um, Asian Americans to have a voice and have a place to put that voice. That is not feel like the intention, especially when one of the only parts of the website filled out is like, hey, advertisers, come and see our affluent market like users. Yeah, and just the way they talk about Asian people as well, of like high earning, like mm-hmm. an exploitable marketplace for you, the advertiser. Like, you know, it's a market that's not been... Um, taken advantage of yet it's like this is the way you're talking about the demographic you're supposedly trying to champion Mm. and you're referring to them as like a fucking cash cow for advertisers also i'd like to point out that their website is shit because there's no content on it because i worked behind the scenes in um, content creation and seo work and all that sort of thing for many years and um, one of the things i learned like a general rule of thumb is that you can guarantee the only level of interaction you can guarantee from someone clicking on your website for the first time you get that like 10 15 seconds Mm. and if you can't establish what your site or service does in that time you lose your audience and yeah you have to dig around on this website to see what it is they even do Mm. like you would think that if it's a place for writers to voice their opinion that they would have preloaded with a couple of opinion articles to start the website yeah because that's the general rule of thumb isn't it you can probably attest to it's like running a youtube channel you didn't Mm -hmm. launch your youtube channel probably till you had at least like a couple of weeks worth of content on it no exactly i i made sure i had about like i think it was like you know five to ten videos in the backlog edited and scheduled ready to go so that i already have that you know a video or two live and then i already have content coming through the the feed because so that way you have or people looking at the first time they have a snapshot of what to expect from the, like you know if they continue to come back to your website i, I described it to my girlfriend because she was like a little bit confused by the content I went, look imagine going into a super a shop that's just opened and all the shelves are empty 
Yeah, would, true, would you want? Yeah. Would you want to go back to that shop? It's like no. And does it make give, fill you with confidence that they know what they're doing? It's like no. It's exactly it's the online equivalent of walking into an empty store with someone stood behind the counter telling you that they'll get more stock eventually, yeah. but not telling you when that stock's coming in. It's like at that point, why bother opening? And not even you know, in this case, giving you an example of how um, like what quality the stock will even be when it arrives, or what they're even going to sell. It's just yeah. at this time. It's just like you know, a store opens. It's got a, a nondescript name. You walk in. It's called no... Yoke Carl. Like, yeah, you don't and know if it thing. sells eggs or not. Because Lucas Yoke, that's a really bad name, isn't it? It's not great. And I mentioned that you know the name could possibly have worked if it was um, uh, you know, like if the website was actually founded and run by Asian people. And it mm. turns out that there actually was a website and a magazine called Yoke that primarily focused on Asian American interests. Okay. And that website no longer exists. It went under in, I think, 2012 when it went under. And to the point where when this website launched or when, like, you know, people started talking online, they thought it was that old website, Yoke, coming back. Oh, it's come back, yeah. It turns out, no. No, it isn't. Um, And you might think, well, surely they... how, How are they calling their thing Yoke then? It turns out that the original Yoke, the magazine, they never bothered to trademark their name. Right, yeah. So this new company, they've li- and they've trademarked, this new company has. So they of have taken they a pre-established brand that was like, you know, an authentic voice built up. I don't know, an authentic website, you know, created by Asian people, built up to, like, you know, champion voices from Asian people, like celebrate, you know, Asian culture and like, you know, the diversity within it and the, like the many things that they create. It went under, and now this company run by a bunch of white dudes has taken that name, that goodwill, and is now utilising it to advertise their own product. Look, I get it. The trademark was there for the taking, and it's a very shrewd business decision. But it's a but fucking it's not bad a luck. It's yeah. really, really, really bad luck. Yeah, 100%. And I, I get from, as I said, just cynical businessman head, well... There's this pre-established brand without a trademark that we can go in and steal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't come across as um, very genuine. Or, uh, as you say, a good look when they are trying to say, hey, look, we're, we're here for Asian Americans and we're here to support your voices and give you a place to like speak out. It's like, And what, what was the first thing you did? Well, we stole the brand from somebody else. Yeah, some other... Actual Asian people who spent that had actual years. good intentions and a good brand, yeah, and spent years building it up. Yeah, isn't isn't that fun? And you know, live update is that that channel might not that website might not exist. Let's go anymore. check because that's why I said that person they may have found the old yoke.com. Yes, because they had yoke. So let's try yoke.tv. Let's do a live chat now, shall we? Yoke.tv four oh four not found. So let's try yoke TV, shall we? Which rather than like you're searching for. We are Yoke. Oh, no, it's not been found. Oh, shit, yeah, it's gone. Oh, they've taken the website down. Oh, that's incredible. Hmm? Hey, honey. Yeah? Yoke TV's been taken down. What? Let's see if we get a live reaction. So, um, yeah, do you know that website we've been talking about now? Uh, This is what it looks like now, if you want to come look. It's gone? (laughs) Yeah, it's been deleted. Oh shoot, I did it like off camp. It's fine. It's been deleted. No way. Yeah. 
No, we were just there. Hang yeah, on. we were on it this morning. Yeah, hang on. Yoke.tv. No, <laughs> Holy shit. Luca, we are here. We are the one authentic voice for Asian Americans. It's been taken down already. Oh so it was up for a day. It was up for one day. The YouTube so page still exists. That I sent you, the original one that yeah. went viral. It's been up for 22 hours. Yeah, that's so me. It the... took less than a day <laughs> the for this one Twitter thread to wreck that site. Holy shit. Uh, so, yeah, that's that happened live. So, folks... Well... <laughs> <laughs> this and this is well. This is one of those things. I'm going to try and keep tabs on this because uh, this is one of those stories. Like I said, it was, it was initially sat by this dumb tweet, dunking on this idea. But the more uh, my girlfriend dug into it, and like I was just there exercising, like keep telling me what, tell me everything you discover because this is like yeah. all solid gold. Uh, like stuff about oh, they found the website. Like they'd registered a trademark two years ago. After, like, you know, the stolen trademark that belonged to somebody else. Yeah, because I found their YouTube page with, like, five subscribers on it. And the first four out of six videos are like, join Yoke Recruitment now. And they're from, like, two years ago. And they're two years ago, yeah. And is there anything... I can't think of anything that would have happened um, in, like, you know, the, the previous year where a cynical website trying to exploit um, uh, people's interest in Asian... American and just Asian culture in general um, would have been scared away from doing so. No, no, nothing, nothing springs to mind. Carl. Nothing springs to mind, and that's the thing as well. Like you'd think, if they actually were genuine about this, like that would have been the perfect time to launch it because this is the perfect time like, you have to counteract. We're obviously talking about the anti-Asian sentiment that um, like arose from the result of COVID. Yeah, like, that would have been if you were a genuine, honest, especially authentic. in America. Yeah, if you had it's a real bad problem in America, yeah. If you had genuine intentions, that would have been the perfect time to launch that. Like, it wouldn't have been um, the most business savvy time to do it if you try to go for like you know the clean corporate success. But if you genuinely had an earnest desire to have Asian American voices um, uh, listen to and give them a platform with which to speak and like you know celebrate um, the diversity of their culture, that would have been the time to do that. But they didn't. Would have been a nice off. place to put. Yeah, Asian American voices and like actually get people to you know be able to talk about this kind of thing and give their perspective without just blindly being hated on. Yeah, and now it was up for one day, one whole day. Isn't that incredible? Maybe nature is healing, Carl. Nature is healing because <laughs> fucking is. morons. And do you know what my favorite part about that story is like it's something that happens so much is hmm. if they would have done any focus testing whatsoever, they wouldn't have launched. Like if they just let one Asian person look at that website and read through all that copy, because they had like, you know, as I said, writers who were listed as working for the site, but there was no articles on there. So I can only believe that they were just like staff writers that had been contacted and were going to like work on the site when it's live. They probably had no input or influence. And probably I would imagine even, zero, yeah. They probably didn't even see the fucking full website until they launched. No. Like and yeah, as I as I said, Carl, like this is why I mentioned it earlier, just diversity in a board of directors is important, like because the, you don't even need it. Well, not even they, board they of directors, just like, but, you know. They could have like, just asked an Asian person. <laughs> That's all they had to do. Why would you ask an Asian person, Carl? Because like they're not Asian, they don't need to think about that. Like, and that that's the thing, is just like just even if you had 
like a couple of people to gloss this over, but they didn't think about that because why do they need to? It's like why do they need to have concern for anyone but themselves? That's the the absolute just. I, 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 I struggle to call it confidence because it's beyond what confidence is. It's just stupidity. No, it's not com- like no, it's it's not arrogance. And it's not confidence. It's like a, it's something beyond both of those things that is simultaneously like taking elements of both. Like, there needs to be a new word created to describe the kind of just swagger, like the unearned swaggering confidence of giant corporations being like, we can fucking like, w- this is a market we can exploit. Yeah, it's like um, it's odd. It's oddly. Um, symbolic this is happening at the end of Pride Month when uh, you know you have the usual thing of companies just oh, slowly draining all the rainbows it's time to take the flags down isn't it yeah. yeah yeah. like Pride Month is over let's take down those rainbow flags for another like 11 months and exploit the market again yeah and we've talked before on the podcast about the idea of corporate cynicism driving social change mm-hmm. and just a, a brief view of that is like stuff like gay rights and the uh, ex- people just accepting trans people like you know because you should, um, is going to be driven largely by um, corporations realising that um, they can make money by exploiting that as a market. Now, give me one second, because I actually saw something relevant to that, I guess, today. Okay. Um, so I so guess you while did... you're doing that, I'll just like, you know, clarify. Like, um, that's not me saying that the only driver of social change will be that. It's just that one of the major things that's going to push it forward is corporations and giant companies realising that it is profitable to acknowledge like the existence of gay, trans, and um, you know everyone under the, like, the LBGTQIA plus banner, rather than yep. ignore them as they have in years gone past. Uh, um, okay, I'm going to send this picture over to you. Okay, is this, where, where's this getting sent? Uh, to the Discord. To the Discord, okay, let's have a look. Uh, so let me just find it. I'm excited. I'll it there. So this, Carl, is uh, something that IKEA have done to celebrate Pride. And IKEA have made love seats, which oh, is 10 them. love seats inspired by different Pride flags. Okay. Okay, so you look at these and it's like, these are actually really cool sofas. Yeah, I'd like, the thing is though, those are some swag-ass sofas. They are. And, um, you know, like, I, I'd have look. like some of these in my office. Like, I would put like yeah. the rainbow one in the office because who gives a fuck? It doesn't need to match anything anyway. Uh, but, Carl, you can't do that because they're not actually on sale. These are just designs to put on Twitter. Wait, what? You can't buy these? You can't buy these. So, IKEA have designed a range of love seats to celebrate Pride, but have said they will not sell them unless there is high enough demand for them. They won't make them and sell them. That's like the most obvious example of what we were just talking about. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's what just reminded me of it. That is like the absolute perfect encapsulation of that concept of companies will acknowledge your existence as long as it can be monetized. And it's like, this is literally them admitting it. So that was like, for me, that was a theory. That was like a theory I had. It's a theory that's pretty sound. And yeah. everyone yeah. knows that it's the case. But to see it confirmed, essentially by a giant yeah. corporation, like, we will acknowledge your existence as long as it is profitable for us. Yeah, and they're like, well, you know, if you all tell, like, make sure that you'll buy it, I guess we'll make the effort to actually fucking make these things. But that's incredible. No, here's just some Photoshop sofas. That's, like, that's proof <laughs> of my theory. Yeah. My theory about corporate cynicism driving social change, that's the proof. That's the smoking gun right there. And I that's, completely forgot about it until you just mentioned it then. And I was like, like, no, yeah, I saw this this morning. 
Because I literally was like, oh, I'll check the comments and see if there's like a link to buy the sofas. Because I genuinely look and see how much they cost because they look awesome. No, you can't buy them. That's actually incredible. Like, could there be a more, like, just bald-faced, just fuck you, give us money? Like, we, like, the company is literally admitting, like, we don't care about acknowledging your existence unless it makes us money. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing, you know that every company who does that is saying that, but to see yes. it confirmed. Like, they're saying it, but they're not saying it explicitly, because otherwise, like, you'd get mad. Of course, yeah. But yeah, to yeah. see a but, company just like so openly admit, like, yeah, we're doing this to make money from you. We, we want to explore. Well, they're not even, I guess, doing it to make money. They're doing it for just like the social clout, I guess. Yeah, and they and that's the thing. They will continue to do it if it makes them money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, as in, like you know, it's, it's awesome in terms of like just how fucking hilariously <clears throat> bad it is. Yeah, of course, it's not awesome. It's a fucking disgraceful yeah, shit show. Yeah, it's, it's awesome in terms of, like, again, the, the confidence slash arrogance of the company to do that and not expect it to blow up in their face. And I, I don't know if it is blowing up in their face. because the fucking um, will. Yeah, that's the thing. I imagine it's probably taken a turn because the actual tweet I saw was just, this collection is fucking awesome. But at the same time, remember when Disney did that? Everyone's welcome under the rainbow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that got a lot of retweets. If people don't know that one, it was like Disney just put out um, a, just a fairly nondescript, um, like non-offensive tweet of just like, here's a rainbow with some carrots underneath saying, everyone's welcome under the rainbow. And everyone's like, remember when you like cut the gay kiss out of Rise of Skywalker for markets like Russia and China? Yeah, to, to appease those viewers. Yeah, to, to appease the like totalitarian um, uh, bigoted governments. And I wonder countries. if it is like specific Disney accounts like Disney America... Only those are the ones making that statement. I I do wonder. Probably yeah. It's like that one. You've probably seen the image floating around of like during Pride Month. People take like the screenshot of uh, my IGN. It's like IGN America, IGN London, IGN Spain, France, and they've all got the Pride. Flag. It's like IGN Israel, just regular IGN logo. Well, that's what happened with the. Um, they put out there was a whole big controversy over IGN like the, putting out the the Palestinian Palestine. support link, and then. All of a sudden, it got taken down, and IGN Israel were like rallying against it and stuff. It's like, you guys really didn't get one big communicative team going on here, did you? Yeah. It's and awesome. I'm not going to get into all that because that's a, a totally different story. And well, the best I way to get think... summed up is uh, I just I think it was like a, an Onion headline, or something like it's like person with Black Lives Matter in their bio unsure where they fall on the topic of genocide <laughs> in regards to it. it's like. One side try to genocide the other. It's pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> it's like I one side like fucking air striking hospitals. Like maybe don't support that one. I did see as well. It wasn't the only. I think. Uh, what's the game? What's it? Hard drive. Hard drive or hard times. Like one's music, one's gaming. But they both have like that. Like hard. It'd be hard the gaming one. Times. I think it's hard drive. Who during all that like shit show where IGN were getting shit on, they um like retweeted an article from like three years ago about like oh you know um journalist reuses content because of like the controversy with that philip musing guy who just stole everyone's like plagiarized everyone's work and then everyone was like are you really trying to dunk on like reusing old content by retweeting an article from three years ago as a dunk but also that's a satire website (laughs) yeah like they kind of go away because it's satire no, like I the, know, but at the same time, it's like you're trying to make fun of like 
reusing content by retweeting something like three years ago to dunk on IGN while they're going through a shit show. It's like, come on. like I'm just all for giant companies fighting each other. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? And the more I'm money they like, spend whatever. fighting each other, the less money they can spend ravaging the earth. Yeah. And like destroying the planet um, for, for their money. It's like they've probably written about 50 articles that they could have dunked on IGN with and they chose the one about reusing like old content is lazy it's like it's that best thing to do with like um, a company like ign because like all like you never need to listen to them ever again about anything <laughs> like stories like that all it means is i can just in my head file n- ignore every headline i ever see from this company ever again the thing is i feel sorry for like the individuals who work there who actually give a shit and then it's like oh god they have to they have to deal with like obviously the big corporate just walk side out. of that shit and it's probably why you see a lot of people get in get the the like big name from IGN and kind of get out yeah of like having to deal with that shitty corporate side of things is probably like it probably takes a toll on some of those people it does and if you want to take a stand quit yeah yeah that's how you do it it's just like, oh, it's like it sounds like a hassle but like, again that's like no that's what protesting is protesting is like you know these the the implied risk yeah, that's why and protesting. Well, a lot of um, not to get too deep into it, but a lot of them did come back out, didn't they? And like put an open letter out to the owners of IGN and um, was like, we we are not happy with what happened. And see, all, like, the thing is, though, they edit stuff behind the scenes. If I was them, I'd just start deleting shit. Mm. Like, if you really want to like piss off the owners, just start like fucking go into the um, uh, published articles on like you know shit that's coming up, and just like you know just post date them for a year. <laughs> just don't have any content up on the website so they stop making money mm. yeah and it's like fair play for the, the people who were like actually willing to come out against the, the big corporation but I know it's a that that whole story was just a, I think it's still probably ongoing as well it was, it was, it was really like sad as well to see just them slowly clawing because I remember I saw the headline and I was like wow like, it shouldn't be something that is applauded, but for the fact that it's, like, the only big gaming company that I've seen that make this would, statement, uh, I think that's I impressive. Think, um GameSpot have been doing some aid towards it as well, yeah. Well, they did that, and I'm like, well, that's, like, you know, commendable that they did that, and then I saw, like, just yeah. the, the story go throughout the day of they changed it, they changed from the Palestinian flag to the Red Cross flag, yeah, and then they, they changed the language to be less active and made it very passive in regards to like what was actually happening there and then I saw yeah. the article had been removed and it's like at this point you could have literally done nothing and it would have been better for your bottom line and that was, that's got to suck on it when like after everything it's like literally doing nothing would have been better because I can't imagine we would be having this conversation if, if they the, just said nothing the link had just stayed up no. and or it wouldn't have been ju- a story or if they just not posted anything yeah, yeah, but obviously that that's clearly the editorial team versus the big company that owns them. I can't remember the the company that owns them. And it's clearly like, like or something. Yeah, I I hundred percent think is oh editorial going look at this cool thing that we can do and like create a, an active fundraising page and then the corporate heads go oh people aren't going to be happy about that fucking get rid. That's why I'm glad that there are no corporate overlords at Factfeed or Big Wires. I mean, I guess Carl is the corporate overlord. I am. But that's the thing. I'm the corporate overlord and I don't care. Yeah. I'm the corporate overlord and I think that, you know, like um, trans people 
our people. And that's like apparently a weird opinion well, for I think... a giant corporation to have, not in July. Oh, sorry, yeah, it's, only, it's yeah. only an opinion you're allowed to have as a corporate entity in June. Well, this has been posted in July, Carl, so where yeah, yeah. do we fall on that? Like, Do we support Pride because we're technically recording in June, or do we just remove all mentions of Pride and, you know human no. rights from this because it's being published in July. Well, the one for me is I'm a big proponent of the idea of like, after Pride Month, we need to have Wrath Month. And Wrath Month <laughs> is where um, gay people and people like, you know, fall into that spectrum, people like, you know, just allies of um, yeah. everyone who falls into that spectrum, they um, should just during July take it upon themselves to just shit talk and troll every company who actively leveraged Pride Month for money mm-hmm. to ask them, okay, so what are you doing? That's mean Wrath Month, and if they don't have a, be like, great. a good answer, fucking give that company what for. It's Wrath like, oh, Month. But, uh, we, we, we've changed our logos to rainbow logos. Okay, okay so how well, much money are you donating? So like the Trevor yeah. Project or like Mermaids or something like that. Did you donate to any cause? Did you change your like hiring processes to be more diverse and make steps towards making your teams more diverse or anything like that? Well, we, we, we made a rainbow flag, though. We put out multiple rainbow flags over the month. That, okay. Well, yeah, I'm, all, I'm down for Wrath Month. Wrath Month. Where you call the shit on it. Where you call those companies the fuck out and ask them, what the fuck have you done? Because you know what? Yeah, Pride is not the place to do that. Like, June is yeah. um, the month to celebrate Pride. Yeah. It is a, a month to be, you know, pride, proud. I was about to say Pride. Uh, it's a month to be proud, but then, yeah, Wrath Month. I like it. Let's do make it, yeah. July Wrath Month. July should be Wrath Month. Let's get it trending, folks. <laughs> and I I'm hope not everyone sure. like realizes. I, you know, I'm sure they do that. I was joking about the whole like June, July. Should we say things or not? Like, you no, know, we, human rights being, matter. We are being like so sarcastic, but sarcasm is something that doesn't really travel well online. And especially, it it's doesn't. Not travel and that's why, borders. even though I think there is no way listening to this hour worth of conversation that anyone could have misconstrued what I said. I still have to make sure because there's always one. Yeah, people do. And people will like, you know, be disingenuous about it and try and frame it there. But so yeah, I'm glad that we got to have that conversation because I got to get that re- reaction from my girlfriend. And that, <laughs> it, for that alone, it was worth it. But Lucas, anything you've seen or experienced this month? Oh, not this month, this week. Um, have, you, have you seen it? Is anyone like, you've been like, you know, dunking online of you like putting their foot just all the way into their mouth? I honestly think I've been quite light on the drama side this week. Like, I haven't really seen or done much, like, in terms of anything to uh, to mention on the podcast, other that's than, like, playing some good video games. That's one, because we have to, like, um, live vicariously through others most of the time now. We do, yes. And that's why we do. Well, okay, and what video games you played? Like, any new ones that I should be aware of? Um. Well, I've actually been good, and I've been committing to a single game for once in my life, because I... Twice, two games on the bounce now. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Mm-hmm. I was playing that game, and I was playing that game. Yes. And now I'm doing the same with Final Fantasy VII Remake. And this is obviously not including the games we're recording or streaming, whatnot. Yeah. Just in my own personal time, like I'm actually committing to a singular game. And even when I'm sitting there the other night and was like, "Am I in the mood for Final Fantasy though?" I want to play another game because that's what just happens in my head. I always want to be bouncing yeah. between games. But the moment I boot it up, I'm like, no, I did want to play this. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. En- I do enjoy this game and I did want to play this. But for some reason, I sit down and go, 
yeah, but I've been playing this a lot. Like, I should play it's, something else. And I'm like, game. no, Lucas, sit down and fucking finish a game. So that's what I've been doing with Yakuza 7. Yeah. And that game is so fucking dense. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd argue like the Yakuza series is like collectively the most densely packed gaming experience I have ever fucking seen. Uh, nothing like typifies that better than the fact that recent Yakuza games have entire other games inside of them that are such high quality. They are play- people buy Yakuza to play those mini games. Uh, for example, in Yakuza Seven, they have Virtua Fighter Five is just in the game. Oh right, yeah. You can go yeah. to arcades and play Virtua Fighter Five. The full mm. game is just in the game. So they have the entirety of Virtual Fighter Five inside Yakuza 7 that you can play, and you can even go onto the main menu of the game, Yakuza 7, and play two-player Virtual Fighter. So you're essentially getting Virtual Fighter Five for free. And the game yep. is so complete that in Judgment, um, I believe they have the latest build of, or the latest arcade build of Virtual Fighter Five to exist, is in that game. So it's like the only real place to play the final arcade build of Virtual Fighter 5 is in Judgment and they were holding Virtual Fighter 5 tournaments where you had to have two copies of Judgment to play online. Wasn't so there people... like another full game that they put in Judgment as well? I can't remember it. They, uh, Unless they I pro- heard about like they probably saw... did. They have multiple versions of Virtual Fighter across all of um, uh, the Yakuza games though and they have like fully fledged mini games like they have like Afterburner in there um, they have um, like I was it now Afterburner Outrun. Um, they have the motorcycle version of Outrun. I forget what it's called. Hmm. Um, they even created like a game from scratch called like Boxelios that they put into one of the Yakuza games. <laughs> I, I'm I'm honestly waiting for there to be like a Yakuza remaster that includes an old Yakuza game. <laughs> like they are so ridiculous. Like, the amount of stuff that is in these games. Is yeah. it's almost incomprehensible just how densely packed they are with content, and the amount of just shit that is in there is um, insane. Yeah, because like I remember, like I had not really experienced Yakuza as a franchise mm-hmm. other than you know seeing images and gifs and stuff yeah. until we played through Yakuza Zero on your gaming channel. And there's like um, so much content in there. Like we were playing a new game plus, and it still took us fifty hours to complete it. Yeah, it did, and the I was so surprised by the amount of detail put into like there's like the one way there's the cabaret management entire is, management game which people essentially play as an entirely different like thirty hour game because it takes like twenty hours plus to complete in its entirety and you get like in game bonuses that are suits how you unlock the final fighting style you have to complete that mode and then there's another four mini game of like a housing management sim that has a full entire side story. That's like fully acted out and includes real people mm-hmm. because they scan the actors into the game in real life and put them in. And, and that's how you get like the final fighting style. And then there's like Yakuza 5, which has five playable characters, all of which have, because I'm playing Yakuza 5 as well at the moment. Yakuza 5 has five playable characters, all with their own unique moveset, including, and one of them, one of the characters you play as, is a girl who's an idol, and they have an entire idol minigame system in there, complete with <laughs> dance battles and management. And then one of the characters has a fully-fledged hunting sim inside their game as well. Yeah. And then there's, like, um, with Kiryu's story, inside his game, there's another racing management game where you've, like, got to be a taxi driver, and it's so 
the level of minutia is such that when you're driving around as a taxi, if you accelerate too hard, you will lose points. And that's as like in a whole. It's like, and then on top of that, they've yeah. got virtual fire in there. And um... then every character's got like an entire like move set built around their fighting style that's unique and can be leveled up instinctively. And they've all got like unique side quests, like 30, 40 side quests each that are all like fully like voiced and bollocks like that. And I know that it's one of those things that, like, yeah, it's because they've been very clever in, like, the use of their development time and yeah. stuff. Of, like, they, just they reuse, the reuse a lot of stuff and it's building on the same foundations over and Every over time. again. Um, but to me, that's just being clever. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you make a good game and people like it and people are like, mm-hmm. I want to experience more of this world, just keep giving people more. It's like you go to a restaurant and you order the same meal you've ordered like five times before and they bring out the same meal on the same plate it's like well yeah why would you not use the same plate and why would you not use the same like no utensils to cook this because i'm asking for the same thing yeah i just wanted a different topping on it and i did find out what i um what i was alluding to a minute ago so which all the games in judgment uh lost judgment not judgment so the new judgment like the i think the sequel to judgment Mm mm-hmm um, that is coming out, and like in one of the trailers, they show that um, the character has just a Sega Master System in his with a CRT TV in their room, which you can then sit down and play full Master System games. And they said there will be a selection. They've shown off like an Alex Kid game that you can play, but there is going to be a selection of full Master System games that you could just play on this like fake CRT Master System set up in his room. Didn't they have that in one of the Pokemon games? Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Wasn't there an Animal Crossing game where they put in full Nintendo games? Yeah, and they they, took it out because basically it it will stop people buying re-releases of NES titles. And Animal Crossing on the GameCube, I think it was, uh, might have been N64 and GameCube, had a collection of NES games, or maybe I can see like how many there were. Yeah, let's do that. Let's while you're like finding that list of games, like fuck it, let's just talk about games that contain like no, just ridiculous amounts of content. The one that sticks in my mind, so I remember writing an article about it, mm-hmm. or it was an entry on an article, is the game The Darkness. Um, you like the base of the comic book, Jackie Estacado. Yeah, you know, like, is like, that the, the weird, one with, where you got the tendrils, the tendrils on your arm? Yeah, yeah. The weird dance powers. Um, they just put in a bunch of public domain movies and TV shows that mm-hmm. will play on TVs around the world, like in the in the game world, that you can just sit and watch, including because there's a bit in the game where you've got to watch a movie with your girlfriend and your girlfriend falls asleep after like a minute and then you can leave. But you can just sit down and watch the entire movie. <laughs> and you get an achievement for it. Of course, and they, and they have like entire episodes of like the Flash Gordon serial from the fifties, just in the game. Fucking hell! Playing on TVs in the background, like entire movies, just in the game. <laughs> so you've got the list now—the list of things that are like featured in Animal Crossing. Yeah. So apparently, this is um in Animal Forest, Animal Forest Plus, Animal Forest E Plus, which mm-hmm. are like you know in Japan it's Animal Forest, and then Animal Crossing. Uh, which is like the GameCube release we got after the N64 one. Okay. Um, and it says that like they are NES games that can be played as if they were the original. Um, and then you've got like 
eight different ones that you can obtain from Nook's Lottery, Red, or, or Berry by Villagers. Mm-hmm. So then two more obtained from the island, another five from Nintendo giveaways, and there's four more that are unobtainable without external assistance, such as like the e-reader cards um, or cheating devices. So yeah, that's like what? And 19 different NES games overall that were programmed almost into as, that game. Almost as many as you got on, like, what is it, the SNES Mini? Uh, the NES Mini, yeah, yeah. Had, oh, like, yeah, 30 so. or something. Yeah, so almost as many as you got on that for free in a game that's already a huge, complete game experience. <laughs> yeah. Any, like, standout and, ones appearing on there that, like, just well, jump to mind? There's a lot of the classics. You've got, like, Balloon Fight, um, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong uh, Jr. Math, you uh, Warriors, Woods, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Punch-Out, Mario Bros., Ice Climbers, Super Mario Bros., and Legend of Zelda. Just Amongst other games. Just in the game. <laughs> just sitting in there. And obviously when they started doing things like Animal Crossing on the Wii, where the, um, like the what you call it, the virtual console was a thing, is that, well, we can't it's... be putting these into Animal Crossing because we sell these games now. Yeah. Oh, and it's a shame, isn't it? Because, like, that's such a... They probably take up no memory whatsoever, but it adds so much. Like, I think back in the NES days, you're talking kilobytes for a game. Yeah, and the one that I like is, um, in reality, Yakuza, is mm. they put so much love and effort into this completely ignorable aspect of the island. And in the entirety of Virtual Fighter... Um, the company just got given the Virtual Fighter license, and just got. Have you seen Virtual Fighters coming back? Uh, Virtual Fighter, like I can't remember what it's called. Ultimate Virtual... Showdown got released yeah. on PS Five, didn't it? Yeah, like they're... a PS Plus game that just came out. They're re- um, and that's been made with the Dragon Engine, which is what they make Yakuza on. Oh, okay. So they just gave it to the Yakuza developers, like, fuck it, you keep putting like, our game inside your game anyway, so just use remake it in the Dragon Engine. I was wondering what had happened with that, because, um, yeah, it just, it's like, oh, Virtual Fighter Five re-releases coming to PlayStation Plus. I was like, why Virtual Fighter Five of all games? Like, ten years later, is it getting a re-release? Like, because, yeah, they've remastered it using the Dragon Engine. Which I love yeah. as well, it's called The Dragon Engine. It's like, yeah, Dragon Engine! No, they could have called it anything else but fuck you, Dragon Engine. <laughs> it's like, was it Metal Gear Solid with a Fox Engine? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it only ever got used to make Metal Gear Solid Five and um, Pro Evolution Soccer. And I saw as well, uh, um, you mentioned that in a video, and Pro Evo only used it for like a couple of years before going to a different engine anyway. Yeah. So it's not even being used for... the the Pro Evolution soccer games anymore. Yeah, they spent so long making that engine and it was used exclusively for, like, one game. Didn't it... Did it not get used for Metal Gear Survive, though? They probably just reused it for that, yeah. I'm presuming I don't even so. Cons- like, that, that game that we forget exists a lot. Exactly. I don't even consider it a Metal Gear game. No, no. I, c- I just consider it, like, you know, a cynical corporate cash grab, which is the theme of today's video, <laughs> or today's podcast. But, yeah... Um, like, can you think of any other games where they just like put a bunch of crap in that they just didn't need to do? Uh, no, I was going to go off on a slight tangent just okay. talking about uh, Metal Gear. And did you see that... Um, so, Death Stranding came out on PS4 and like Death Stranding is coming out for PS5, like a okay. re-release. And the re-release is called Director's Cut. Oh, gosh, because Hideo Kojima's like a weirdo. He- because Hideo Kojima's a, a, a film like obsessed guy, yeah. and I'm like, but the entire point is it was made by Kojima Productions, 
and overseen by you completely, Kojima. So at what point was the original game not the fucking director's cut? Yeah, like, it's the, like you got absolute, complete creative control over every aspect of production, and now you're telling us that there was more that you wanted to put in. Is that you're telling us there's a secret director's cut that didn't exist, even though you were in charge of every fucking decision? Yeah, every decision just like went through you, and you had the most creative control of anyone. And I get all that it is is like an enhanced port with probably a bit of extra content, like every fucking but he's, yeah, game the name... does. But he had to say director's cut, didn't he? Yeah, even though it's like not the technical definition of a director's cut, which he knows because he's a huge fucking film buff. <laughs> yeah. And a huge ass nerd. <laughs> like and the to... original Death Stranding was the director's cut, Kojima. Yeah. Because it was your original vision. It was your unfiltered vision. Yeah. I should say complete unsalted creative control. He's like, ah, but how about you check out the director's cut that I wasn't able to release because I decided? Like, <laughs> okay, Kojima. I can imagine him doing that, though. Like, what? Like, editing himself so that he can release a director's cut? Yeah, just so he can say that he did because that's mm-hmm. one of the things. Like, speaking of, you know what? Like, you know, just editing things after the fact. Did you see um, that they edit at the end of WandaVision? Did they? Yeah. The end of one division. I did division, not see this. They um, changed it. Only a little bit. And I won't spoil the ending for anyone who has watched it, but yeah, they added um, a little bit of CGI to the very, very final shot that wasn't present um, in the initial airing. Is it CG that if you told me would be spoilerific? It would, yes. Okay. It's, it's CG of just something flying in from off screen. I tell you what, why don't you just okay, like, I'll, type I'll... the words in Discord so you can just, at very least, see yeah. my response to yeah. what it is. Um, Because that seems really weird to me. Oh, God, no, I didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you said, like, yeah, it's spoilerific, I was well, I imagine it's one of two things that would be really cringy, and it was one of those things. Yeah, and it's not clear, but like, it's just very tight. It's like, you know, it's an almost imperceptible change but the fact that it's so small is what makes it so interesting yeah because it's the idea now that like the original version that we all watched like if you watched it live or you watched it like you know as and when it came out Mm -hmm. and that version technically no longer exists and that's a fascinating concept like think about game of thrones like game of thrones season eight or season Mm. seven i forget which one whatever the last season the bad eight was the last season yeah where it had those like um the airings that had the coffee cup in them Oh, yeah, and they removed those and the plastic bottle. Man, yeah. they, they shot the shit out of those, didn't they? They did, yeah. Just think, like, again, it's a very minor change, but the fact it's so minor is what makes it so interesting, at least to me, because that means that there is technically a different version of that show that people who watched it live saw. And that mm-hmm. version no longer exists, at least not legally. Because and... you could turn around to people and be like, oh, do you remember that time when... They left a plastic bottle in one of the final seasons, Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, okay, well, show me. And that's, yeah, and that's the thing as well. If someone watching the show from start to finish now, they would not see that. And that's like a moment of pop culture that has just been snatched away. Hmm. Well, it's um, why a lot of people fight so hard for specific versions of Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah, it's the first thing someone mentioned in chat as if they're like going to be the first to notice it. It's like, that's obviously where we were leading. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, so, it's the most obvious analogue to make. It's the most obvious example of just somebody editing like versions of their thing, but they're not letting 
people access the old original versions. Yeah. yeah, and like it's one of those things where I didn't think I needed to say that because it was implied, but then someone just had to say it. Like, well, they... I said it because I was trying to beat people to the punch, but obviously... Yeah, someone had already mentioned it in my chat, and it's like... Yeah. Yeah, they they have to say it because they think that, that we're not going to say it. That we're not aware the... of the it's most obvious. obvious answer in the entire world. And because I was going to ask, like, you know, I was going to say, discounting Star Wars, because that's mm. the most obvious, like, is there any other like, examples of that you can think of? Because that's like, when I saw that, and I was like, oh, yeah, but that with Game of Thrones. Mm. And then there's like, what, the Cats movie? Where there was like the oh, bad yeah. seed, that was the rough cut with all the bad CGI. Yeah. And then that version was removed from cinemas and we're not allowed to see that anymore. The one that also comes to mind that, that wasn't released, but was obviously massively changed was Sonic. So yeah. Like, we... That version of that movie with that awful CGI cat Sonic, it it did exist, oh, it and they had to delay the film to change Sonic. So it exists in some form. So, well, it did exist some form somewhere. I imagine they just scrapped that entire thing. Like, there was a work print of it somewhere, yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. um, like in video games. Like bring it back to video games. Um, early copies of Budokai Tenkaichi um, have a different soundtrack. And that soundtrack. Yeah, the HD ex- version got completely different soundtrack because they found plagiarism, didn't they? Yeah, the because original. the uh, the original composer had been ripping off the songs um, from like German and European power metal bands, mm-hmm. and he'd been ripping off riffs. So like, that game has a different soundtrack, and that's the soundtrack. Obviously, they can't publish it anymore because like you know it's copyright infringement. So there's like a certain, even though it is like you know it's a rip off of another song, it's still original in a sense, and it's unique. Well, and that um, no longer exists unless you own that old version of that game. There's actually no way to play the original campaign of Destiny 2 anymore. Is there not? To, to it's basically, all, it's all online. Um, for people that don't know, like Destiny 2 was ballooning because it's a constantly updated game that they're adding more and more content to. So it was like last year when they added uh, the new expansion, they're like, look, we're going to take a lot of the old content out of the game that is no longer used anymore but you can only play that game online connected to servers so you can only play the the updated version of the game so i mean oh so that means that people who played the game first played a completely different version of the game that no longer exists yeah like the original campaign where you you go through and like your light gets taken away and goal is you know the red war campaign uh that just doesn't exist you cannot play that anymore if you're a destiny 2 owner and same with uh, a couple of pieces of like the older content including like you know like the black armory and things like that and which is i know to you carl yeah it means nothing going over your head in terms of the, the names, idea but... that it no longer exists in any form and that mm-hmm. you as a, a veteran player of the game would have a literal different experience to a new player today and it's an experience that yeah. that new player can never emulate despite mm-hmm. the fact they are playing ostensibly the same game that's yeah. it's such a fast, interesting concept yeah, it's weird and like, I, on it honestly, it's one of those things where okay, the the campaign was so so it was a seven out of ten, but but that, it doesn't that exist is an anymore. Experience that cannot be experienced anymore. ever again. Like people watching Game of Thrones, unless unless they put it back in. But yeah, the players who pick up the game now cannot play what Destiny Two was originally. Yeah, like people play like Ten Kaichi, like get a different soundtrack, you get a completely different experience. I know. Like when uh, speaking of Yakuza. Um, Yakuza 4, originally, uh, the original version of the game, um, they based the likeness of some characters on real people. 
and one of the actors, mm. um, like the people they based it on, are like a drugs charge or something like that, or was like suspected of one. And like doing was cocaine, in, wasn't it? Yeah, he was in like a bit of hot water. So for the remaster, they changed his face. Mm. So again, like they removed a guy from the game, but then put another dude back in. And it's ostensibly the same experience, but there's something missing. And that something is an entire person who's real. He's a real dude and he's not in it anymore. And I think like the the interesting part is going all the way around where now you've got something like WoW Classic that exists where you have updated new World of Warcraft, but there's also World of Warcraft Classic that they released, which is emulating the original experience of the game and the graphics and the quests and they do that like runescape yeah there's like runescape classic oh it's though with runescape there's well, got yeah. the same thing with runescape yeah and they keep trying every time they try and like get rid of runescape classic everyone's like well i'm not gonna fucking pay your subscription anymore i only want to play the classic <laughs> version and like um like that thing with um what's it now like yakuza where they took the dude out i was gonna make a point from that as well there was something else that they did hmm oh god i forget what it is now oh fuck it's gonna annoy me there was a real. There was like a point. I was sorry. Make. Oh, sorry. Yakuza Zero. Um, oh, that's yeah. a good one because um, it's not that there is they updated it. It's that. Remember, I pointed this out to you um, in the main game. There's the um, Chinese assassin Lao Gui, and he's got yeah. he's the guy with like the fucked up, haggard face, mm-hmm. and he looks evil. He looks like fucking Palpatine. Like he's just Chinese oh, Palpatine. Yeah, but they look completely different in the Japanese version of the game, don't they? No, in the Chinese version. In the Chinese version. Because in the Chinese right. version, they didn't like the fact they made the assassin character like a fucking monster. So they just make him look like a dude. And it completely yeah. like changes the way that character like feels when they enter the scene. Because the mm. first time he appears, like, oh my God, who the fuck is this dude? Like, he looks so evil. And then he's like this like like ancient assassin who's been working for the underworld for like three decades. And he like comes in and he like, tries to take your eye out. Mm. And then in the Chinese version, he's just a dude. He just dude. looks like a normal guy, yeah. And I love that about Yakuza, though, because um, they have, like, this it's this habit of the games where they have just, like, really normal-looking people end mm. up being, like, super badasses. And it doesn't work for Yakuza, <laughs> but I'm just going to find the last one now. So I need, like, Yakuza. I'm going to find one now. Um, last boss. Like, cause the last boss of Yakuza 6 is hilarious. Let me find, oh, okay. Let me find him right now. Okay, so we've got him here. I'm just going to copy-paste the image in now. So I'm going to say, this is the last boss of the entire game. And I'm going to paste a picture of him now. So if anyone wants to find this, just go look for I'm going to find out the guy's name so people can, like, Google him. Uh, sorry, look. It literally just looks like normal Japanese businessman without, yeah. an, like, without a shirt on. Yeah, he just looks like dude with a shirt on. Like, I'm and admittedly a buff dude, but... Not uh-huh. overly buff, like Let me see if I can wearing get, like, a suit. Here we go, here we go. So he his name like is... A pretty normal guy. So anyone wants to find the, the guy, it's um, Tasunio um, Iwami. And he's the CEO of Iwami Shipbuilding. And throughout the entire game, he just looks like man in suit. And yeah. then he's the for the final boss, he takes his shirt off and he's like, the most ripped as balls motherfucker ever. And the thing <laughs> yeah. that makes it so funny to me is he looks like Iwata. A little bit. A little <laughs> so bit, he looks yeah. like you're fighting Iwata. <laughs> and I just found that really funny. Like, the final boss of Yakuza 6, fight Iwata. Fight the, the president. Iwata. Fight the president of Nintendo. Like, B. Takeshi's in that game. Like, that, that, that famous Japanese actor, he's in the game and it's just him. And in oh, real right. life, he's like 70 or something like that and they scanned his face in. But they also made him super buff. <laughs> so, he looks like a, so he looks like just Skyrim. Where every character has a six pack, no matter how old they are. Yeah. 
It looks like that. That's all I can think of. It's like during Skyrim where like all homeless people just have, like they have six packs and talk like voice actors. So they'll be like, please, like I've been playing a lot of Oblivion recently because I just like was bored and I just like that a bit of like, oh, just one gold coin and I can feed me family. And you give them the gold coins like, thank you, kind sir. Because <laughs> they have like six voice lines. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I just love that about Yakuza though. It's like fight you are. Fight this old man. Yeah. It's oh, great. God. So funny. I don't like, know what to say after like. Just changing people's faces though. It's so weird, isn't it? Well, it's like, um, what's the term, like, a revisionist history, isn't it? Yeah, but like, in regards to media. so it's like, Or in media, where it's like meant to be a set thing that you produced and put out, and then yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. Like, it just, it, it's a thing that's made and exists, and then, mm-hmm. but it doesn't anymore. And yeah. the, con- the concept fascinates me, because the idea that things can just, like, so ethereal. Something you think like a video game, a movie, music, like, oh, it's out there, it exists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not anymore. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Taylor Swift's doing it, isn't she? What, is she removing music from online or changing lyrics? Yeah, it? yeah, she's... Um, because, basically, like, she apparently had, like, an awful record deal that eventually, like, the, the first few albums were, like, not owned by her. They were owned by the record company, but now that she's big enough, um, she has taken down, like, all of her music from that record company. Oh, so she bought is, a- now re-recording it herself under a new record label and re-releasing like her first few albums and i think it's something to do with like she owns the songwriters like rights to it but But she she doesn't doesn't own the the actual songs and the masters of them so she's just going to like now re-record it again so she's not allowing them to use them because she owns partial rights but now she's making completely new versions of them without them and re-releasing albums one by so one. The, so that means the people like, oh god, it's like, in like, the legality, like, okay, it's not the legality, so they fucking own it, they can do what they want with it, like, the moral... And I, I might be mixing some bits and bobs up there, but yeah, that's essentially what it comes down to is, yeah. she's deleting her old albums so that she can re-release them on their own. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah so it's not a legality argument, like, they own the content, they can do whatever they want with it, like, but it's the moral argument of like, is it morally okay to take things like contributions to culture it's like with something mm. like you know like a youtube video that's what we make if i take down a fact theme video no one's really going to be up in arms that a fact theme video are taken down but i mean it's something like mm. an album when it's like album, a taylor swift album the idea that when, that can just be yeah. taken away from culture and, and obviously like she is re-releasing decision. them but she's taking them away for x amount of time yeah and that one person can make that decision is crazy. incredible to me. Right. And fair play to her for being in a position now where she can afford to do that and have the balls to do that and be in such a, a comfortable position in a career where she's like, no, I'm going to fucking own this shit. But it is incredible to, to take it away. Yeah. Like, fuck you. I own it. I do what I want. Well, for the longest time, she wasn't even on Spotify, wasn't she? Was she? No. A lot she was of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than Spotify or I'm big enough to not need to worry about being on Spotify and obviously I think just more for probably like the fans than the company she's like allowing her music to be on there so that people can listen to it easily but yeah I mean I'd say fair play to her for just being like no fuck you I'm I'm awesome that's that is incredible um yeah and I I simultaneously don't like it but because it's so interesting 
And especially like the more petty the reason is for the change, the more I kind of like it, just in terms of like as, as a discussion point. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like the stuff about um, like Game of Thrones, like editing the entire show to remove a coffee yeah. cup. <laughs> like stuff like that is really interesting because it just makes this massive monolithic corporation like HBO seem so petty. That they're and- so annoyed. It's like editing a tweet because, or like deleting a tweet and then re-uploading it because you like mm. put a space before a full stop or something like that. It's like no one would really give a shit about this. Like a couple of people might pick you up on it, but no, in the grand scheme, you think it doesn't matter. But the fact you changed it proves that it bothers you a lot. I've done it a few times where yeah. if if it's within a minute or two of posting the tweet and I notice the spelling mistake, I'm like, and repost that tweet. Yep, yep. yep. No one will notice. No one will notice. I think that's one of the reasons I find it so interesting. It's not that it's being changed. It's that it's it's such a petty change that it means that the, this massive company or huge big celebrity, someone like, uh, like Taylor is probably a bad example of that. Because obviously she's doing it for a pretty, like, no solid reason. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like with movies and like stuff like that, so just the idea of this huge big corporation don't like it. It bothers them enough where they took it down and then did it again. Yeah, I think like Taylor Swift is probably the exact opposite of that. Of no, I'm in a position where I can fight for my rights as an artist to own what I create mm-hmm. and take, like, stop that big corporation just taking royalties from me for m- the rest of my life. But something like that Yakuza one, where it's like they took the guy's face out and changed it, and that you know, that's one of those of like imagine for example, okay, uh, like Mandalorian. With Gina Carano, where they've like, you know, um, they fired her from the third season. Oh, that'd be so funny if they did that, though. But can you imagine, like, not only are you not allowed to be in this show anymore, like, for what you've said, and you can argue, you know, all day and night whether that's the right thing to do or not, it's been done. I would find it hilarious if they turn around, like, we've got the Gina less edit where we've facially replaced the actor. And oh. <laughs> just well, they did like, that with no, Kevin Spacey, didn't exist. they? Kevin Spacey, that happened to him. Like, he was in a movie when all the... Um, the like, controversy the came out about him. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, the accusations, like his admittance of them. Like, he was in a movie that was finished and the director hired another actor and then just CGI'd that new actor in Kevin Spacey's place. I never knew that. Yeah, that, and then it happened as well with, uh, I think it was Christy Elia, uh, the comedian who was like, oh, texting underage girls. Um, he was going to be oh, yeah, in yeah. Zack Snyder's um, Army of the Dead. Oh, okay, yeah. And Zack Snyder CGI'd him out of every scene he's in. And it's just like, it's so funny because fuck the person it's happening to. Because it's yeah, like yeah. the fact that we're going to use, we're going to spend millions of dollars to CGI you out of art. Because mm. fuck you. That's amazing. <laughs> Can we get it? Can we like fight for the uh, the Gina replacement? Can we just like fight for like to have all the people who've been like you know edited out of things into their own movie? Can we have like Gina Carrero and Chris D'Elia and the evil and the ugly Sonic model all in a movie together with Kevin Spacey <laughs> <laughs> with the soundtrack and it's that soundtrack from the the stolen soundtrack from, from, from Dragon Ball yeah <laughs> just combine them all into the forbidden project <laughs> just put them all in oh. and i think you need to throw in like something from the snack Snyder cut where it's like the, all the Zach Joss Snyder Whedon cut. stuff that he cut out yeah all the jokes and humor 
Yeah, where he's like, oh no, uh, that, that bit with Wonder Woman get hit in the head. Just throw that in, because that's yeah. not in there. I know that much. Just, and we need to combine it all to create the forbidden media. <laughs> like the cursed media. It's like no one's allowed to view it. Someone says here that the the Joe, the Joe on the way to Amarillo, the Peter K video, they've edited oh, Jimmy Savile out of it. <laughs> we, need, we need that as well. Yeah, just Jimmy like, Savile wandering in. Let's get um, some pre-CGI extra characters, like just from the Star Wars films. Yeah, and then there's like, well, we need to go way back in time to all those times where like, actors just died and they just replaced them with other actors and never told anyone. Like uh, back in the day, like Plan 9 from Outer Space, where Bella Lugosi died and Ed Wood, uh, the director, brought his dentist in and told him oh. to stand like this with a cape because he's playing Dracula the oh. entire time. So let's get him in. Well, there was um, not so much just a replacement in a film, but... Like when they changed, um, well, multiple times. Like I can think of, like um, Dumbledore. Oh when yeah. And Richard Harris passed away, and like um, Ian McKellen took over, and then bring him in. Um, what's his name from Iron Man? Oh, the War Machine. Oh yeah, uh, Terence Howard. Bring yeah, Terence Howard. Howard. Terry Howard. Yeah. Let's bring him in next time, baby. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden movie no one's allowed to see it if you watch this movie you've already been killed by like disney snipers yeah. we could do we can create the forbidden media and it's like you know the soundtrack done by um uh, 2010 taylor swift <laughs> she does the soundtrack oh god this is great we can do this like this is this is a piece of media i want to see the forbidden movie that would be incredible it'd be like that the day the clown died like that movie you're not allowed to watch have you heard about that we can end on this, this is a real story it's a real thing uh, there's a movie called The Day the Clown Died, I think it is, which is a forbidden movie with Jerry Lewis in it that's not allowed to see the light of day for like another hundred years. Oh. Yeah, he filmed the movie and it is about, um, I shit you not, um, a clown who has to entertain children on the way to gas chambers in Auschwitz. And it's like a movie that was so harrowing to make, they said, like, we need to wait till society is healed enough to find something like this funny because it's a comedy about that. I'm not sure that we're ever going to get to a point where that's funny. Exactly. It's also a Woody Harrelson movie that he made. Oh, no, a John Malkovich movie. Um, he's been in a movie that's not going to be released for like another 6,000 years. It's like in a time-sealed vault. Like we need those as well. Like they, they, they can be the DVD extras for the Forbidden movie. <laughs> but yeah, like, thank you so much for listening. That that was way more fun than it was I expected it to be, considering yeah. the subject matter. But Lucas, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, um... I'd just like to plug, you know, my usual, I guess, of just, you can find me um, on Twitch and YouTube at Legend of Canto. My social media is like just my Twitter and my Instagram, like Canto Legend underscore. You can find the video version of the podcast on On my YouTube YouTube channel. channel. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can just find like me doing gaming stuff on my YouTube and Twitch other than that. There's also like, um, uh, if you go, if you email, is it Carl's Corner QA? At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. We do Q&A episodes like once a month. So if you have any questions for us, like we don't do questions at the end of streams now because like people tend to either ask the same questions or feel a bit like, like on the spot. Yes. So with people having the ability to like formulate like more interesting questions and we, we having uh, similarly having more time to answer them, um, that seems to have worked better so far. So you can do that. Yeah, and it then... gives me a bit more time to like screen the questions and maybe cut them down a little bit more or pick out certain questions and stuff like yeah. that to use. And then just for everyone watching my stuff or listening or want to see more lines, Carl Smallwood on YouTube. You'll find it. It's all there. 
Well, cheers everyone for tuning in. Indeed. And there's no stream today, is there? After this one, we normally do a double stream on Wednesday. We do, but we're delaying it till tomorrow so that Charlie can be free so that we can all play Casio in Smash Yeah, Bros. we're just going to do some like um, uh, 1v1, v1, v1, v1s. Just Casio Mashima <laughs> is in Smash Bros. And I'm going to fucking just um, electric wind, god fist, everyone's testicles into their throat. I tell you what, Carl, I play <clears throat> like a few minutes of him in training. It feels good. It feels, it, good, it feels good to land just that um, uh, electric wind, god fist. Just the. <laughs> it's like the character just crumples into a ball and then you just put just the foot into the like the throat. Perfect. You know I've already been testing kill percent on that taunt, Carl. That's the one. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah. Thank you for everyone to watch it. Tune in for that tomorrow.